Hey, it's Alan Berg. Are you coming to Wedding MBA this year? Well, I'll be there again. I haven't missed one since the first one in 2007. So I look forward to seeing you there. And if you want to save $20 off the current ticket price and they get higher as you get closer, go to WeddingMBA.com. Use the promo code Alan, A-L-A-N. WeddingMBA.com, promo code Alan, save $20. I look forward to seeing you there. Before we get into this episode, I'm starting something called Ask Me Anything. That's right. You submit your questions and they could become an entire episode or something that I answer at the end of an episode. To submit your questions, look for the red button at podcast.allenberg.com. That's right, podcast.allenberg.com. Click on the red button, submit your question, and maybe you'll hear it here on the podcast. Thanks. Customer service versus customer experience. They sound the same, but they're really not. I have a very special guest, and we're going to talk about that right now. Welcome to another episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Berg, speaker, author, sales trainer, website reviewer, here to help you and your wedding and event business sell more, profit more, and have more fun doing it. Enjoy this episode. When I think about customer service and I think about customer experience, there are very few people that come to mind that I love to talk about this more than just about anything. And my next guest is a very good friend who talks about the customer experience so much, Ron Ruth. Ron, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, Alan. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've been looking forward to this opportunity for a very long time. Well, I've been looking forward to having a podcast for a long time, and that <laughs> allowed me to have you on here. So you and I talk for hours sometimes just chatting, and very often we steer towards these experiences that you and I have had right. uh, as customers. And there's the phrase of customer service and there's the phrase of customer experience. Right. And, and I know you talk about the experience all the time, creating a wow experience. And I know you're a huge Disney aficionado and few places do experience as well as Disney does. But just in your mind, what's the difference between customer service and customer experience? Customer service to me is, is doing doing the basics, doing what's necessary. It's answering the phone. It's it's responding to an email in a in a timely manner. It's it's being available to answer a question. It's it's all of the just the basic stuff that, that can help keep a business afloat. You know? Okay. Customer right. experience, on the other hand, is going that extra mile, doing the extra special things, the unanticipated mm-hmm. that that makes customers say, not only say wow, but also makes them uh, makes them they'll spend more for it. They'll be more loyal to it, and they'll tell more of their friends about it as well. And the thing is that it's an intangible, right? It's not necessarily a tangible. Like you saved money is not customer experience, right? No, no, no. Right. It has so nothing to do with whether you say. And actually, statistically, customers will spend more for a product or service from a business that provides a better experience. So it's not really a matter of. Well, you know, we want to do business with you because you can save money with us. No, the reason that you want to do business with us is because we're going to take good care of you. We're going to make you feel valued, special, important. We're going to wrap you in our own little warm, fuzzy blanket of care. It just make you feel as though you're part of our family. So I, I had actually had an experience last night. Uh, we did our, uh, I think once a week, we've been doing Chipotle during the, the right, lockdown right. here. 
uh, eating in our car because the restaurant was closed. You couldn't eat there. We were in New Jersey or in Kansas City. And same restaurant we always go to, order on the app. I've learned to order a little bit early because it's almost never ready on time. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. Um, It's funny because you'll go there and for a while they were still taking orders in person and then they weren't taking orders in person. Then they were taking orders in person. Then they weren't taking orders in person. So we just order on the app and, and that's it. And I've had some great experiences there and I've had not great experiences there. And it's the same restaurant and it's the same order. I just click reorder every time, right? Right. And the thing that makes it different isn't the food. It's not the price. It's not the location, the distance from my house, right? It's not any of that. So here's what happened last night. Go, I order, I show up right about the time when the food's supposed to be ready, which was right. 20 minutes after I ordered. Okay, that's that's enough time. I go in and there's a, uh, have you, I don't know if you go to Chipotle, but there's a like a baker's rack where they'll put the finished orders on. You go up and you grab your order. Well, there's two orders on there. I go take a peek because there's a bunch of people waiting. Not my order. Fine. Behind the baker's rack is the preparation area. There's another bag there. I'm thinking, it looks like it's done. Why isn't it on the rack? And then there's another one. Why isn't that on the rack? So they've prepared the food. They've packed the food. They haven't put it out. And the customers are probably waiting there, right? So I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I peek around a little bit. I don't see my order because you know how they pack a burrito is different than how they pack other stuff. So long story, not so short. I finally see them packing my order, and my order is now the fifth or sixth order that is prepared, but not in a bag. So the person making the orders is not putting them into bags. Nobody's putting them into bags. There's, there's five or six orders now getting cold because nobody's bagging them. Well, who's supposed to bag them? Turns out it's the cashier. The cashier's busy cashing people out who are placing orders in person. So then she goes over, packs two orders, and, and I said, hey, are those done? And she goes and looks, and then she puts them on the baker's rack. That's about 10 minutes later, <laughs> right? Right. I see a manager now talking to the prep person for the online orders, not helping, goes and then talks to somebody else, goes and then talks to them, not helping. So where's the experience there, right? Well, obviously, that if you, especially if you got cold food, it's not such a great experience. And it's going to make you think twice as to whether or not you want to order from that restaurant again. Right. Yeah, I had a similar experience at a at a. It's called the main event. It's a bowling center here in Kansas City. That's got arcades and rock climbing, and I mean it's everything <laughs> beyond. But they also have a little restaurant. One night we went in. There was a family, and the uh, the waitress told us that it was her first night, and she was just getting used to everything. And they they gave her a very busy section. And with absolutely no help on our first night. And of course, we waited and waited and waited for our food. And eventually, I went to the manager and I said, you know, I don't blame her. I blame you because you should be keeping it. This is a new employee. Why are you not paying attention to what's going on here? And no sooner did I say, especially since they blamed him, all of a sudden, every manager in that place, I imagine they even pulled a pin setter at that point. They brought everybody up, and all of a sudden, this girl's getting all sorts of help right. from everywhere. <laughs> right. And, but again, watching the manager not do anything, right? right. Yeah. I mean, it's and, like, what, what are you thinking? Uh, right. But, you know, that's that's the whole thing about, about customer experience. I've spoken to groups before. I've been invited, as you probably have, been invited to come in and give that rah-rah speech about, you know, this is, this is what customer experience is all about. This is how you can increase your income. This is how you can make customers happy. This is how you can keep them coming back for more. But if the manager, if the, if the higher ups, 
the leader, the business leader, whoever it may be, is not on board and willing to follow through on all of that information, then it's nothing more than a than a than a pep rally. Right. Right. And, and you know that it has to go from the top down because it's 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 like parenting, right? right. You, you can't be there with a cigarette in your mouth telling your kids not to smoke. Right. It, right. It, setting an example. <laughs> setting yeah, an example. That's so, basically what you're doing. Right. So this manager was setting an example that she doesn't jump in when things are backed up, no. as opposed to you know other places where I've seen managers jump in, do things like that. Now the follow up is I got a survey you know, rate, rate your experience from Chipotle. And I gave them a one because it was a one. I got my food 20 minutes late. It was cold because it had been sitting there, right? I got an email maybe less than an hour later back from Chipotle apologizing. We're going to reach out to the manager over wow. there. We've, we've put a buy one, get one into your, into your thing. And the thing is, in the, in the rating, I only had 200 characters, so I couldn't even tell them the whole story. Um, so when I replied back, I said, thank you, but let me tell you, you know, everything else that went on here. So, you know, and that's it. You have to know to be able to do it. Um, when the mask mandates in New Jersey were in full force, I was in, I think it was in a Walmart and all the people are walking around with masks under their noses. Okay. And I was going to say something to a manager. So I saw somebody in a yellow vest and I went to go say something and he turned around as I was getting closer and his mask was on his chin. I was like, well... Clearly, he's not going to do anything about this, right? So customer experience is not about money. Customer experience is how you make people feel. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, it's the emotional connection you make with customers. I mean, it's like Maya Angelou used to say is that, that customers, people will, remember, will not remember what you said or did, but they will remember how you made right. them feel. And right, that, people will forget what you said, forget what you did, but never forget how you made them feel. But, but I, want to, I want to address... You are the customer that can help a business because you're the one that will say that I had a bad experience. Do you realize how many customers will say nothing? And they just don't come back. Right. But, but so many people, so many businesses are afraid of those bad reviews. They don't look at those reviews as an opportunity to make the improvements they need to make in order to increase revenue and to keep those customers coming back for more. You're more likely now to do business with Chipotle than than most customers if if they had not responded. You right. know, a lot of people go, I don't really want it. Right, and that, you know what? For me, I've posted a lot of reviews in my life because of my traveling. You know, not in 2020, okay, but prior to that, I'm a Yelp elite, which means I have over 100 reviews I've personally posted on Yelp. I think of 140, 150. Oh, wow. uh, wait, TripAdvisor because I used to travel right. so much. I have personally posted over 600 reviews wow. on TripAdvisor. Now that's hotels, restaurants, attractions, whatever. And the thing is, I won't post a review if I pretty much got what I expected. Right. I will post a review if the needle went one way or the other pretty far. So, and the thing is, it's not about money, right? If I'm at a Hampton Inn and I have it just, a, I felt was a really great experience. I want to tell them because- you know, I expect a good experience, but I don't expect that, whatever that is, right? Air quotes, whatever right. that is. And then bad, of course, you want to tell them. And, you know, bad is in the eyes of the beholder, right? That's really, you, you know, you're a, a Disney aficionado. You certainly know what great experience is. You know what, what the Disney experience is. But you don't expect that when you go to every place that you go. It might be a benchmark for you. 
but yeah. you don't expect it, right? You don't expect it every place, right? So having that Disney experience as, you know, this is my benchmark for what it could be. What's an experience that you've had someplace that you just didn't expect, but they blew you away? You know, that doesn't happen often enough. <laughs> I, I Seriously, I mean, I, I, and it's funny because you go, when you, when you stop and think about it, y'all, for me, I always remember the bad experiences. That's the sad thing. You don't remember all the right. good ones. I think probably where I, here in Kansas City, Comcast. Believe, okay. you know, as much as people complain about their cable company, I've I've developed a relationship with the guy at the store here so that when I need something or want something, I can just reach out to him and he takes care of it for me. I don't have to worry about, you know, so many people, like I said, so many people talk about Comcasting that well, I, you're on, on, on hold with customer service for like forever in order to get something repaired. That doesn't happen for me. I just send an email. But, to but, but see, that's not the company. He takes care of it. But that's not a company. That's a person. Well, exactly. I mean, that's, again, comes back to being a part of our family. I'm not asking you, customer experience is not asking you to be a part of our business. It's asking you to be a part of our family. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a huge difference. Right. But but again, it's always about people because there are people that could go to that same Comcast store and hate Comcast because the other person wasn't doing the same thing, right? Well, and it's, it's funny because we, we went, uh, we had spoken with Derek. Derek is my guy at Comcast, by the way. So if you ever have a problem with your Comcast, call Derek. Call but, Derek. But we went in one day and Derek was busy. So we, we asked somebody else to wait on us. And what, what happened, we, we allowed someone else to, to wait on us. And what happened was the individual we were talking to, it wasn't that they were rude or anything. They just weren't knowledgeable. They just, mm. they didn't, they didn't know for sure. And rather than saying, you know what, I'm not really sure about that, but let me go find out. Or, you know, maybe, maybe uh, taking an extra few moments to research whatever the question was that we were asking. And it made me extremely uncomfortable. And I chose not to change services on that day. I waited until I could get back to the guy <laughs> I originally talked to. Again, it's the people and it's the way the people are trained. Right. Well, but see, there's something there. It's okay not to know if you work to go get the answer. Right. It's not okay to not know, pretend you know, that's worse, or to not know, and then that's it. You just leave it as, I don't know. Boy, and you told, and you talk about my Disney relationship with, my, or my relationship with Disney. <laughs> At Disney, they're not allowed to say, I don't know. They're, they're, what they will say is, is, I'm not really sure, but let me go find out for you. I'll right. find somebody me, that can help you, or I will. They don't say, I don't know. It just Trader Trader Joe's. You, you have Trader Joe's by you? Uh-huh. Right. You go into a Trader Joe's, you ask someone for where something is. They're, they're cutting open boxes, stocking a shelf. They get up and walk you to where it is, right? right. They, ne they never point. And if you say, just show me. Now, if it's just down the aisle, they might say it's just here on the left. But I you have people say, no, no, just, just tell me this. Then I'll show you, right? And they do it with a smile. You know what they never do? They never do this. They never do. <sighs> right. <laughs> They, they never preface it with that sigh of, ugh, I have to help somebody here, right? Body language. I just had Tracy Brown. I did an interview with her for the podcast about body language in the age of Zoom. Oh, yeah. But that, you know, they their body language is, I want to help you. It's not, oh, I have to help you, right? The tone, the body language, all those things, that's the customer experience. Even if they're doing, like you said, and I like the way you put that, they're doing the mechanics right. of customer service. So. They're showing you where it is, but they're doing it with disdain, right? That's customer service 
good, maybe, or adequate, but bad customer experience at the same time. So where where does the customer experience start for wedding and event pros that are listening here? Where does that experience start? For me, I believe it starts with the very first conversation you have with a couple. See, the wedding and event industry to me is, is it's, a, it's, a, it's a rare, beautiful bird because unlike most businesses in the wedding and event industry, you're being invited to be a part of someone's special day. You're in a sense, you're being, yes, you're, they're, they're paying you to be there, but in a way they're inviting you to be a guest of sorts. You're, you're helping them create something that's going to be unique to them. And it's also going to be something that, that is going to uh, be appealing to their family as well. So it, it starts with that first conversation. And, and for me, it was always not a matter of here's what I do. Instead, it would start out with, tell me about yourself. Tell me, you know, I want to know everything. I, and I didn't say it out loud, but I would, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I want to know everything I can about this couple for a couple of reasons. One, as we start getting into the sales process and actually talking about their event, then I have some information I can work with to, to give them ideas along the line. Okay. But more importantly, I think just by asking the very simple question of tell me about yourself, that's the beginning of a relationship. That's what, that's what people, and Alan, when you and I first met, I don't remember the exact words we said, but I'm certain that it came down to what made you want to do this? What made you want to talk about sales? What made you want to get into the wedding industry? I know our relationship goes all the way back to when you were with the knot. So we've had lots of those conversations where it's not just about business. It's about right. each other. Right. Oh, it's about, see, for me, I think it actually starts before that. I think the experience of where you advertise and how you advertise, your social media voice, your website, is it easy to navigate, not easy to navigate? Well, is, it about, is it about people and all that? Because I think they won't even reach out to you if they don't like what they, that experience before that. The personal experience absolutely starts with when you get that inquiry right. and, and how you respond you know, uh, digitally, on absolutely. the phone, and what, whatever all that kind of stuff is there. But it, it carries through to everything that you do, every interaction right. that you do. Right. Um, uh, there's a, a woman who's a venue in Austin, Texas. She's got a venue outside Austin, Texas. And I remember when I was there doing sales training, she's had the, had the venue at the time for about 25 years. And she goes, you know, Alan, when the day comes that I don't get just a little teary when I send a bride down the aisle, then I'm done. Right. Right. Because it matters. Like you said, it matters so much to her that they chose her venue. Think about that. Choosing her venue means not choosing every other venue. You should feel special about that, whether you're the venue, the photographer, the DJ, the band, the invitation company, whatever, right? It means they didn't choose anybody else except you. Yeah, it's not just about what you do. It's about, again, it comes back to how it makes the emotional impact it makes on the event. You know, your attitude plays a big part into how successful the event is going to be. Yes, you can make people get up and dance, but Dancing isn't isn't all that there is for a DJ, I should say, because I come from a DJ background. You can you can make flowers, you can do all these different things, you can make a cake, but it's not all about the stuff. You know, the stuff is secondary to the experience that you deliver. So well, it, it comes down to the why. You know, why right. does it matter to them? How important is this to them? So, what are some of the things that wedding and event pros can do to make the experience memorable? To make it make it about the experience. 
differently than things that you've seen that people were doing? Because you work one-on-one with people as well. You speak to groups. So what are some of the things that, what are some of the easy things people can do that some people might be doing if they're listening, some people might not be? Well, one of the things I always ask the, the groups that I talk to is, is that how much time how much time is there between the time a couple contracts you and the time that you actually sit down to to uh, really dive into their event, whether it's a planning meeting or so you know to talk about the, the way the flower is going to be designed? Is and in most cases, it's going to be anywhere from eighteen months to six months in advance. My question is, how much of that time between the time they contract you and the time that you actually sit down with them? How many times do you communicate with them during that time, or is that nothing but dead air? You know, there is absolutely nothing wrong with reaching out to your customers, to your couples on occasion, just to say, how you doing? How can I be of help to you? Uh, here's an idea here. You know, I found this article of information. I thought you might appreciate something that, that appeals to whatever value, add value, add value to the relationship is the right, way I exactly. express that. Because if you're, if you're communicating with them along the way, in my opinion, what happens is that you're proving to your customer automatically that that you care just as much about their wedding as they do. And because so many couples, they don't, they don't really appreciate how much I care, how much you may care about their event, but you can, you can show them just simply by engaging with them in conversation. And I'm not talking about upselling and and all of those things. Another great way, and this is a, this is an itty bitty way, Alan, but to me, it's extremely important. And, And it comes back to this, this idea of communication is, is that, all too often, we end emails with things like, let me know if I can be of service to you. Let me know right. if I can do this. Let me know if I can do... Every time that you, you, you end an email that way, you put the onus of coming to you on, on the customer. And, and basically, what you're saying is, don't come to me unless you have a problem. I realize that's not what it says. Right. But that's really what you're saying. It's just saying, don't bother me unless you have a problem. So again, in continuing that relationship, instead of ending an email with something like that, say... How else can I be of service to you today? What else can I do? What what other things can I do? Because again, it just continues the conversation. Do you need help with any other parts of your wedding? Do right, you need any right. other referrals? Something like again, adding value. I did I, I put I it all into the questions. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And and again, I think it just it just. But above all, I think a lot of it has to do with yes, every business has policy and procedure, but a lot of times policy and procedure can get in the way of allowing that experience to, to naturally take place. I want to go back to a business. Uh, we were talking about uh, uh, businesses that blow you away and do things that, that take from the experience. I, I had an experience with Lowe's not, not long ago where I had a, a, a problem with a, I'll just make it real short. I had a problem with a, uh, an extended warranty on a lawnmower. And when I went to, com- when I went to, to them to get help with it, I was told by the person that answered the phone that we have a procedure for complaints. It starts, you have to talk to the assistant manager. Then you have to talk to the man. They literally said this all to me out loud. <laughs> then you have to talk to this person. And then, and then we, and then we escalated. And it's like, I said, I understand you have policies and procedures, but you know, that, 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 that I don't care. I just want my lawnmower fixed. My lawnmower <laughs> fixed. Exactly. And the same thing's true in this industry is, is that what don't make it, difficult. Again, you're being invited to be a part of one of the most important days of someone's life. Unless they're asking you to do something that is just totally going to blow, you know, put you in bankruptcy or so you play an extra 20 or 30 minutes at the end of the night as a, as a wedding DJ. 
Hi. Uh, so, so you maybe you you give an extra carnation or something for a boutonniere. You know, these are all little things that that matter. These are the little extras that that can add up. Well, let me give. I, I was showing you before we started recording about these pins that I had made that said I'm vaccinated because right. I don't know what the protocol is. Right? Are you supposed to ask people, right. not ask people? And I'm going to conferences starting soon, and I just, you know, I want to know who I can hug. I mean, that's what it is. Right, I want right, to know who right. I can hug. Well, when I got these ordered, they ordered them from a lady on Etsy. I, I'm saying lady only. I found that out afterwards because of the way she signed off. And I got what I ordered. And then there was this little uh, uh, tool bag with like four or five others in there, right? Just like little little free samples, little thank you gift or whatever, right? Makes a difference. Um, I had, uh, what did I get? I, I, I got a, a bottle, I forget, probably a bottle of bourbon <laughs> for knowing me. <laughs> but again, the little note in there, right? Just little things like that, that make that difference, that, that right. go that little bit extra mile. Um, again, now, is she sending me samples? Because I might go, ooh, I might want to order those also. Sure, that could be. But I also got some little extra there. It's, again, how did you feel about that experience? Uh, you've probably heard me tell this story. I went to Wedding MBA. Uh, I'm sorry, I was at, at Cater Source in Vegas, going to the convention center. I'll try to make the story short. I drive through McDonald's with a, three other people in the car. Nobody else wanted a drink. I go to the ordering. And again, let's talk about the Disney experience versus McDonald's. I don't expect the Disney experience at McDonald's. Not a, not, no, not at McDonald's. And a very pleasant young woman's voice comes across. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? And I said, yeah, I'd like a large Diet Coke, please. And she said, will that be all? And I said, yeah. She goes, that's a dollar six. Pull around, love. <laughs> love. And, 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 and you know, there's no rewind button. And I, I said to the people in the car, did she say pull around, love? And they said, we think so, right? That was a dollar six, dollar eight, whatever it is. I was like, okay. So I drive around, I get up there and there she is, big smile on her face. She goes, Diet Coke? I said, yeah. She goes, that's a dollar, whatever, dollar six. And she goes, how's your, how's your day going? As I'm handing her the money or the credit card or whatever it was. And I said, my day's going good. How's your day going? She goes, my day's going good too. Thank you so much for asking, right? And she takes my money, gives me my, give me my change or whatever. And she goes, you have a great rest of your day. And I said, well, with that smile on your face, I will. You, you do too. And she said, thank you very much. See, and that's the difference between a transaction and an experience. That's the right. difference, you know? Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, it gets better. So I pull up and get my Diet Coke and they give me the receipt. And I said, what was her name? And they said, Brianna. And what's on the bottom of almost every receipt these days? A phone uh, number, right? A yeah. phone number to call, right? If you have, so we call that number, right? From the, in, on the Bluetooth in the car, we call that number. And person answers the phone, thank you for calling McDonald's. How can I help you? And I said, we were just in the McDonald's on Paradise Road in Las Vegas and had the most wonderful experience with a young lady named Brianna. And I just thought you should know. And there was silence on the other end of the phone because <laughs> she didn't know what to do with me, right? So he goes, uh, she's stumbling now, right? Because she doesn't have a script for this. So you're like, um, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling us. I, I, you know, as you can imagine, we don't get that many calls like that. I said, well, if you had more people like Brianna working with you for you, you would, right? Wait, so the next day I go back, hoping to get Brianna again, pull up to the speaker and a man's voice comes across. I was like, oh, he was pleasant. He was not Brianna. He was not I, Brianna. I'm surprised you didn't go. Is is Brianna home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, a dollar six, a dollar eight, whatever it is, I'm still telling this story three, four years later, because she she did the customer service. She processed the tra- like you said, the right. transaction. Right. But she didn't make it transactional. 
And I have another podcast, I talk about that right? transaction versus transactional, right? right. That, it, it's that same thing there. So I, I know we're, we're running a little longer than I normally go. What else do you have to, to share? What are some of the other things people should think about? Walking in your customer's shoes, as silly as it sounds, we were talking earlier, where does, where does the experience begin? I believe that the personal experience, I agree, begins in conversation, but the real experience, as you said, begins with the website. I think more in terms of just being in front of people. Right, sure. Um, but as a business owner, if you haven't taken the time recently just to kind of walk through your bit, put on your customer's glasses. I know it's hard. You got to be objective or maybe get somebody else to do it and say, go through my site. Let's talk about how easy is, is it to, to navigate my site? How easy is it for you to contact me? How pleasant is the person that's answering the phone, especially if you have other people that are doing it besides yourself? Uh, what are some of the flashpoints? That's a Disney term. What are some of the flashpoints that you can get rid of that are going to make life easier? Coming, I go back to uh, what I was talking about earlier, that, that lack of communication. That can become a flashpoint if you're not careful because all of a sudden, if a customer doesn't hear from you, they think you don't care about that. You know, that's, I, I'll, tell you, uh, I'll tell you a Ron story. I, bad Ron story. Uh, years ago when I was multi-op, I had a mother call me about her daughter's wedding. And I don't remember exactly what her question was. All I remember, and I remember this, I said something to her about, we are so busy, I just can't keep all the brides straight. And, she, and I said, that, you know, and I said something about how many important weddings we had or something. She goes, but none of them are as important as my daughter's wedding. To her, she's right. She's uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Right. And it, and it was, a, <laughs> I hit, that was an eye opener. And that stayed with me from that point forward. It's like, man, <laughs> she's absolutely right. Again, that goes back. I was young, but anyway, I was multi-op in those days, but yeah, everybody's event, everybody, you know, you may think it's kind of like Disney. Disney has the three o'clock parade. They, you know, the, the most asked question at Disney is, is what time's the three o'clock parade start? So, you know, cast members, that can get really old and, and, and be like, they could say, well, it starts at three o'clock, you know, duh. Right. Or they yeah. could say, well, you know what? It'll be in this area at about 310. And actually the best viewing spot is over there. Same thing's true with weddings. I get it. You're hearing the same questions. I call them the, the when are we's. You're hearing the same when are we questions. When are we going to talk about this? When are we going to talk about that? When? I get it. You you hear these every day, but, it, but they don't. Right. So you have to treat that moment as this is unique to them, personal to them. Maybe unique right. isn't the right word. Personal to them. So you have to treat each of those situations realizing that, hey, you do this for, for a living. They're only going to get one, hopefully one shot at this. And, and they don't know the questions to ask. They don't know what the answer is going to be. You have to be patient enough and understanding enough to be able to provide all of that to them. Right. I, I want to I want to tell you one. It, it's not always the stuff that you notice that makes the experience either. My wife and I just came back from Disney. Thank you very much. And one of the things that, of course, we were there during COVID, so everybody had to wear a mask. You weren't six feet and all that. The one thing that you notice when you go to Disney during a regular time before COVID, and my wife and I go a lot, especially during times when it's busy, is as cast members. Every time you're in a line, I don't care what line you're in for a, for an attraction. Cast members scream at the top of their voice, keep your party together and, and fill in all the empty spaces. I, you know, I understand what they're trying to do. And unfortunately, efficiency falls, you know, down there at the, at the fourth step of their four-step process, but they, they're trying to keep things efficient. I get it. 
Right. It fails on courtesy, but right. but anyhow, but so so they they scream at you, and I hate being on vacation and have somebody scream at me. When we were there during COVID, didn't hear that once because they wow. want you to be six feet apart. And when when I got my survey from Disney, I said, I hope this is a tradition that stays with you. I I get it. you know having everybody squeezed together is not going to make anything move faster than if it's not squeezed together. They, they, and you discover that even though there was no fast passes and there were long lines, lines kept moving. You know, it, it was, there was no big deal. It, you moved up six feet, you stopped, you moved up six feet. So sometimes you have, again, going back to flashpoints, when you do walk through your business, what are some of the things that you say or do that could cause a situation like that to arise where you go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. So. I, I think it's also what you said, walking in their shoes is some of the same things that customers get upset at, you would get upset at if you were the customer somewhere Absolutely. else. And so many times I'll have this negative experience somewhere and I'll go, gosh, if you were the customer, would you accept that? Would, would, would you think that this was acceptable? If that manager last night at Chipotle was standing outside, seeing another manager not jumping in and helping bag stuff that was already prepared. It was already in packages. It just had to go into bags, put the label on, put it on the right. shelf. She could have moved that out there. The The message that it sends, right, is, listen, I care about efficiency back here, like you said. Right. What I don't care about is what this is, what my body language is saying, what this message is there. The opposite would have been, wow, look at that manager jumping in. That's great. I appreciate them doing that. I remember in the early days when uh, when I would be at the knot, we'd go to a trade show, you know, and I would go to help set up the booth. Um, or maybe it was when I was consulting with Wedding Wire after I left the knot. And they somebody said to me, Alan, you, you don't have to do this. And I said, yeah, I know. Right. And then I continue to help set up the booth. Right. If you're only doing what you have to do, that's customer service. Right. That, that's the mechanics of it. Right. I'm doing what I don't have to do. Now, they are my customer because I remember one time saying to uh, the CEO of The Knot, you know, you're my customer and I'm yours. When I get off the elevator, the receptionist is my customer and I'm hers. Right. We're internally and externally. Right. We do business with people internally and externally. Costco Everyone famous professional is each other's customer. Right. At a, at, a, at a wedding, at a wedding yeah. show, anywhere. Yeah. Costco famously has, you know, has longevity of their staff because they take care of their people first. Um, Union Square Cafe. Oh, gosh. Danny Meyer. Danny Meyer. Uh, he's got a great book also. Shake Shack is another one of his businesses there. Famously, take care of the people first. You take care of your people, they'll take care of the customers. Right. You don't take care of your people. If anybody listening here has high turnover, right, you want to have lower turnover, Take care of your people better. They will stick around longer because the money doesn't overcome the not being treated well by management. I wish I could remember who to attribute the quote to. So forgive me if I don't know. But I love this quote. Feed your employees so they don't eat your customers. Wow. I like that. <laughs> you know, I like that. I, like that. I, I love that. And, and going again, going back to this negative experience of, of, of what you saw, one of the things I tell businesses is say, think about the businesses you enjoy doing business with that wrap you in that warm, fuzzy blanket of care. What is it they do in their business that you could translate into your own business? There is no copyright trademark, if you will, 
on exceeding expectations. You can you can do it any way you choose, regardless of where the idea or the inspiration came from. So you know it's okay. That's why Disney for me, I love Disney because, and I try really hard to incorporate as much as I can of what they yeah. do into my own business. So, but it, and it's, but that's about paying attention, right? right? Exactly. When you have a good experience, what was it that made it good? I I, I kind of do the same thing when people say to me, "Oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker." I say, "Okay, start paying attention to speakers." I said, a matter of fact, watch some speaker videos with the sound off. Right. Right. Watch the body language. How do they interact with the audience? Uh, I'm, uh, you know, a member of the National Speakers Association, as are you. One of the things, uh, as a CSP certified speaking professional, I volunteer every year to judge other potential CSPs that are candidates that are applying. Right. And I have to watch an unedited video of them. And they don't know. We never tell who, who we are, you know, who's we did or whatever. And this year I had two people and one I gave very high marks to and one I gave middling marks to. I thought they were good. I didn't think they were quite there. Right. And and part of it was the way they interacted with the audience, right? Uh, it's not only how much you know, it's how you get that knowledge across, how you interact with the audience. Um, one of my favorite things somebody ever said to me was about a webinar and they said, was I the only one on? They thought, they said, I felt, I thought you were just talking just to me. I said, thank you. <laughs> I was, I, I was, and I was talking to the other 1500 people, but each one of you, I was talking to you as one. That's a great compliment there. So I watch a speaker, how did, what, what, wow, what did she do that was so good? What did he do that was so good? When I have a, a good experience, wow, what was so good about that? And also we, as the customer can elicit a better experience because, you know, you go in there with, you know, a chip on your shoulder, you're going to get some of that back. <laughs> You're dealing with people, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's true. I mean, it, not, there are, unfortunately, there are going to be people in your life. But again, I think a lot of that comes down to a whole different conversation is that when you're booking your customer, you know, are you are you paying close attention before you actually contract that individual? Is this going to be someone that you re, that that is going to appreciate working with you just as much as you are working with them? Or is this somebody that's going to suck the life out of you? Yeah. And I think oh, we've I, all I, had at least one. <laughs> I know I have had yeah. at least one or two of those uh, that you go, God, why did I do that? But uh, I actually had that conversation the other day. I was doing sales training for one of my clients and we were talking about the experience, right? And attitude. And I asked that question. I said, who do you, uh, two questions. Who do you know that just being around them makes you feel great? Right. Right. They just make you feel great. And then and people are thinking, okay, because we're on Zoom. So I have 28 windows open here on Zoom, right? And then I said, now, who do you know that just being around them sucks the life out of you? And you, <laughs> yeah. see that, you see what you're doing. They all start laughing and everybody's hand goes up there. And I said, okay, I don't need you to name names here, right? But what is it about? And I said, what is it about the first person? What is it about the second person, right? And it could be like your, what was it, Derek? Who's your Comcast right, guy? My Comcast guy, Derek, yeah. Right, right, Derek versus the person standing next to Derek, right? It's, right. It, what, did, what did Derek bring in today? Or what does Derek bring every day, clearly? Versus what do the other person bring? So what a, we, uh, oh, last thought, go, on, no, go, come go, on, no, come on, I know, man. I know, I know, I know. Give, give a last thought, give a last okay, thought. Well, we'll, I, we'll I, come and do I, this again. I, I just want to add on to what you were saying, because in the wedding industry, I think this is a big deal, especially when it comes to the people that you're working with. Two things. One, if you're that individual says, I'll book anybody with a checkbook, stop it. Uh, that's, I'm just going to, I'll leave it with that. But then the other part of that is, is that in, uh, one of the things that changed my life was Michael Port's book. Uh, it's called book yourself solid. 
And, and there's a line in his book where he talks about you are in charge. You think of your business as being that bouncer outside of a swanky nightclub with the red velvet rope. You get to decide who's going past that red velvet rope. Not everyone is entitled to the opportunity to go into your swanky nightclub. Just not. They, they right. may not be dressed right. They may not have the right attitude. They may not, whatever. Right. But the point is, is that not everyone has is eligible to get past that rope. You have the ability to determine who does and who doesn't. So if you're unhappy with the people you're working with, if you feel that what you're doing is a job versus uh, an opportunity to change someone's life, to make a difference in their life, then you need to be a whole lot more selective in the people that you're choosing to, to work with. Choosing, yeah. Just real quick on that. I was in Mexico one time at this event and we're out by this beautiful pool. And uh, somebody said, you know, if you don't want to do the wedding, just give them a really high price. Oh, God. And I said, no, if you don't want to do the wedding, don't do the wedding. Because because the money doesn't make the people nicer. The money doesn't make the event more convenient for you, whatever it is that you didn't want to do it in the first place. If you don't want to do it, you don't do it, period. That's it. Right. right? Now, we will forgive the people brand new in business because they have to learn the hard way. <laughs> They're going to learn the hard way, just like you did with that customer when you told the mother, right. you know, too busy or whatever. So, Ron, we could keep talking for hours. Yeah, we, will come back and, we will come back and do this again. Uh, we'll put it into the show notes as well. But if somebody wanted to reach out to you, find out about, you, you know, helping them with their customer experience, how would they do that? I'm, it's easy peasy. Uh, RonRuth.com. RonRuth.com. We'll put Ron this in the show com. notes as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. And we'll do this again. Thank you so much, Alan. Hi, it's Alan Berg. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. You can find full transcripts on my website at podcast.allenberg.com. And if you have a suggestion for a topic for a new episode or even a guest, please let me know at allen at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. And if you'd like to find out about having me come and speak to your association or a conference or do sales training in person or remotely for your team, whether you're a team of one or a team of a hundred, please let me know again, alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. Thanks for listening.